0: And welcome to the Slash Filmcast. I'm David Chen and joining me today are Adventure Hardwar Jeff Kannada. And joining us also, he is the creator and I guess mastermind behind the Patrick H. Willems <laughs> YouTube channel. Patrick H. I would Willems. hope he is. Well yeah, yeah hopefully. <laughs> Patrick H. Williams, welcome that's back the to the podcast. Best intro.
1: He's just a puppet. He's a <laughs> puppet for someone else, is what it is.
2: Yeah,
0: you're a figurehead. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I, and I can't reveal who's really behind
2: the show. Soldier
3: <laughs> for hire, using you in virtual reality, Patrick. I get it. I get <laughs>
2: it. Yeah, that's totally it. I'm I'm controlled by uh. It, it's like it's guys. It's nano
0: machines. <laughs> it's all nano machines. <laughs> Uh, Well, Patrick, we're really grateful for you uh, joining us today here on this episode of the Slash Filmcast. You can find more episodes of the show at SlashFilmcast.com. Email us at SlashFilmcast at gmail.com. And today we're going to be discussing Bloodshot, the new Vin Diesel action star vehicle, uh, a would-be cinematic universe that unfortunately looks like it is not to be. Uh, so that's what's in store for today. Before we do that, though, uh, we like to have kind of a little uh, before dark. We used to do a Slash film cast after dark where we talk about a variety of random topics. Um, but people said, hey, we want to hear about some of those things before the review. Uh, so we are going to talk about a few topics right here at the top. The first thing I want to discuss is the fact that several weeks ago on this podcast... Uh, we started changing up the format a little bit, and now we're changing up the format again because we're all just trying to adapt to a rapidly changing cinematic environment. And uh, I went on this podcast and discussed at length how amazing <laughs> yeah. the, audio quality, quality, recordings. the yeah. audio quality was going to be because now we had a little bit of extra time. <laughs> To put these episodes together, and so rather than recording everything over Skype, we now record our audio stream separately and combine them. And it was going to lead to to a beautiful world of audio. And I, I, I literally spent, I would say, a good five minutes talking about how good the audio was. Yeah. And while this was happening, Jeff's audio was a disaster. Um, <laughs> like during way the,
1: worse than normal,
0: way worse than normal, way worse, way than, worse than even than way worse than even normal Skype. And yeah. uh, I, I caught this pretty quickly, you know, like it went online and I caught it and then we, we changed it, but not before it went out to about 5,000 listeners, uh, who received the special limited edition version of that episode of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> limited and edition
1: broken version.
0: I, I mean, it's literally like yeah. Michael Scott esque performance <laughs> art is the just resale like, value on that episode. It's <laughs> phenomenal.
1: Uh, it's through the roof. Keep yeah. it in mid condition. Uh, Two things, David, (laughs) two things. Firstly, no idea how that happened. Mm -hmm. Secondly, Mm -hmm. it delights me that it happened because it (laughs) makes you sound so ridiculous as you're talking. (laughs) Yeah, that's the bit.
3: That's the bit, right? That's the bit. That's the bit, yeah.
1: Of 5,000 people have their ears bleed (laughs) is a small price to pay sometimes for a sick burn on Dave Chan.
0: I actually think that... (laughs) a lot of people were really nice about it. You know, like, for me, I would have not even listened to... The the second (laughs) I heard Jeff start clipping in the first five seconds of the podcast, I'd have been like, (laughs) I'm not listening to this. Uh, But a lot of people were like, huh, they they, they would tweet in kind of quizzically saying, hey, um, I noticed Jeff's, like, a little bit loud this episode, you know, rather than saying, (laughs) that is god-awful. I can't believe you guys released that. Uh, So... The funny thing is... (laughs)
1: The waveforms all looked completely normal to me, Uh as they do right now. So we could be doing this again (laughs) for all I know.
0: In any case, uh, it, many of you thought that episode was rough. We actually went back and replaced it with a more listenable version of the episode. So, um, And thanks to Beatty for uh, acting quickly on that. So I just want to say, if you got a bad copy of it, go back, re-download that episode. I think it was episode 559, uh, nine, I want to say. Maybe 558. Uh, but yeah, check it out again. It has been replaced and the audio is better now. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah.
2: But David, could you hook me up with like the original
0: cut? <laughs> yes, I, I have no problem with that. I have no problem. Release
1: with that. the crappy cut.
0: <laughs> oh, you know we should. This, that's something else we should talk about. Actually, uh-huh. uh, is uh, you guys have heard of this this thing about the butthole cut of cats, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I think we gotta we gotta mention this a little bit. So do, we do. Okay. Uh, uh, so I mean, half of the people on this show on this podcast right now have seen the cinematic wonder that is the theatrical version of cats that came out this past year. That's actually now available on video on demand, right? Mm, that's what we could review only next half? week. What, what'd you say, Jeff? That's what we only. could review next week. Uh, we uh, could, we could. Yeah. Uh, but yes, only half <laughs> how of dare us. you, Jeff. How dare <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so this all started with Ben Meckler uh a, a few days ago who who tweeted the following he said um uh, i desperately need a tell-all book about the making of cats it could really help me get through this end quote he tweeted that on march 17th and at that point a user named jack was uh said quote A VFX producer friend of a friend was hired in November to finish some of the 400 effects shots in Cats the movie. His entire job was to remove CGI buttholes that had been inserted a few months before, which means that somewhere out there, there exists a butthole cut of cats, end quote. (laughs) Uh, And and then Ben retweeted this. It went pretty viral to the point that like Ryan Johnson, Seth Rogen... (laughs) Uh, we're calling for Universal to release the butthole cut of Cats. Uh, and I, what is amazing about this, actually, I, I think what's great about this is I, I do think it illustrates a fundamental truth, which is that this whole idea of like releasing the Snyder cut, right? You know, this is a thing that's we've seen on the internet for uh, months and months now. Uh, of people wanting the original cut of Justice League that never came out because Snyder was uh, Zack Snyder was replaced by Joss Whedon, uh, and I think in a lot of people's mind there exists this Snyder cut that's just sitting on a shelf somewhere. You just gotta pop it in uh, to the you know uploader and get it onto video on demand services. Uh, but that is not how these things work. You know, there there is no such thing as a Snyder cut, at least not right now. I mean, he has said there is, but. It's not like the VFX are finished. It's not like the edits They're are finished, Sid right? There is. It's isn't it like four hours long too? Because it, it's a, like a, a work. Yeah, print. I mean, there's this thing. There's this idea of this thing called like I, I believe it's called an assembly cut. Patrick, keep yeah. me uh, keep me honest here, but it, it's an it's an assembly cut, which is like part of the workflow of completing a film, but it's not a cut that's. Uh, That you want, uh, like a polished finished product that you'd want to show to audiences. And so the reason... Right, yeah, of course not. The reason I love this release the butthole cut thing that sprung up, this hashtag that went trending on Twitter for a day, is that it reveals the fallacy of the idea that there is a Snyder Cut, or any (laughs) cut of a film that people are demanding the release of. Uh, Patrick, your thoughts on this whole butthole cut movement? So I I followed that really yes. closely. Yes. Um,
2: as someone who's been just fascinated by everything about cats since the movie was announced, fascinated by buttholes. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey Jeff, don't put words <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> uh, don't put buttholes in your mouth. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but so apparently th- uh, I. You might have seen there was, like, a development after that where I think someone else who worked on the movie then chimed in to say, like, it wasn't that there were buttholes. It's that some of the shading or, like, the rendering of the fur around their crotches looked disturbingly like genitalia. Mm -hmm. And that someone – and that they actually had to – but they, people were afraid to bring it up during, like, the VFX review sessions with Tom Hooper. <laughs> uh, and someone eventually did have to go through and, like, erase all of those because it just looked really weird and unsettling.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we should point out that it wasn't like people were inserting buttholes into this thing, right? Uh, that apparently right. – v- there, w- like there was a cut where it looked like there were buttholes in other genitalia. Yeah. 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 Um, This is really important, you know, discussion and update I really wanted to make sure this was on the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I I, I I would like to point out, Dave,
1: that your setting up of this as a referendum on the Snyder Cut isn't quite accurate. Because I think you're rightly pointing out that whatever Snyder Cut there may or may not be exists in a state that is pre- post-production. Yes. It's it uh, probably, probably
0: unreleasable at this point, right? Well, it's probably... Need, would need a lot
1: of work to be considered a finished movie. Yes. Whereas this seems like something that was in the post-production process <laughs> uh, yeah, and needed to be corrected before yeah. the film was released. So, theoretically, there may be versions of these shots on a hard drive somewhere <laughs> that still retain the original butthole shading. And could theoretically be part of a movie that looks way more finished than what a Snyder Cut would. I don't think it's apples to apples here. I think that's true. Or buttholes buttholes. to buttholes. I,
0: I agree with you. I think you're right. It's not quite a perfect analogy. Uh, but I would say, like, we don't know at what stage of post production those buttholes <laughs> were. You know what I mean? Like, it's possible yeah. that Well, they're, they're they had... s-
1: there's CG shots, right? The buttholes only exist as CG, right? They didn't have butthole costumes. These are not these are not practical buttholes, right? No, no, no. I think
0: I think they might be fully actually. digital buttholes. <laughs> well, aren't they?
3: the thing is, so I'm not sure about the production of this movie, but a lot of studios are using machine learning. To kind of iron out the animation kinks, right? And when you when you're putting like mocap on people, that's kind of what is doing it. So in reality, what has happened is that the AI has put the buttholes there. The AI wants the buttholes. So So this this is a tweet. We need to figure this out. This is
0: a tweet made on March 18th by Ben Meckler. Uh, we, he says, "Urgent release the butthole cut update slash clarification." Emailed to me by a cat's visual effects crew member who has asked <laughs> to remain anonymous. He says, "Quote: There were never shots of cats with buttholes, at least by design. None that I saw. However, there were a dozen or so shots where the skin and fur simulation was groomed or just folded yes. in in a way that really, really looked like furry lady genitals and buttholes by accident. The task, <laughs> as is typical with heavy CG shows, fell on 2D to paint out the offending articles." When it was brought up and spotted, daily reviews were constantly awkward discussions of people plucking up the courage to point things out like, does this look like a fanny to you? End quote. So, all I'm saying, all I'm saying,
3: come on,
1: someone somewhere is clenching these buttholes and not releasing them to the public. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, uh, but I guess my point being, someone could leak that my, my, out. You don't want to <laughs> leak the buttholes. My point being that I think it was actually, it sounds like it was actually a practical re- uh, effect, you know, like that, because they did wear cat costumes. I don't, think that's, I don't costumes. think that's
3: accurate. Oh, All they right.
0: did wear costumes? I th- they were like
3: minor costumes and then like stuff was, yeah, stuff was CG. That much yeah. I know.
0: Yeah. Jeff, yeah. your, your uh, I mean, knowledge of the making of cats is, sh- is staggeringly bad, I have to say. Um, well, just, what
1: the, I heard the <laughs> quote you just read, and the way I heard it was <laughs> that. The the way the things were rendered mm. in in yes. in a CG shot in a visual effects shot looked like buttholes and
3: front butts. There is an AI algorithm out there creating buttholes you across know what? movies.
0: You know what? We I, need to stop this. I think you're actually I think you might be right about that. So suffice to say, this thing is like an onion. You know, the, the more you <laughs> peel back, the deeper you go, the more it stinks. And <laughs> I think that uh, we, we may never get to the bottom of this thing, you know? We never get to the bottom of these bottoms. We may never saying? get to the bottom of these bottoms. But, but uh, hey, hopefully if you caught that, uh, it, it, by the way, that happened one week ago, even though it feels like a year ago, um, <laughs> when we were talking about cat buttholes online. Uh, anyway. Do you remember when we could care about that <laughs> stuff? I think we just proved we still can, Jeffrey. We still can. All right. <laughs> Anything else? I, I kind of want to check in with you, Patrick. You are you have you are marooned at your parents' house right now. Is that right?
2: Uh, I am. Yeah. Uh, I I came up here for what was supposed to be a three day trip. <laughs> uh, two weeks later, still here. Oh, man, I uh, I've got to say it's going pretty well though. Uh, this house is yeah. it has a lot more space than my you, you know New you York lucked City out, apartment. Patrick.
3: Like you're in the best possible position right now.
2: Yeah. It's true. Uh, I already work from home, so I can still work, and I'm just like, I'm out in the woods. I'm, oh, that's nice. Oh, I, I, I'm social distancing so well right now, <laughs> because there is not, I have not seen a person other than my parents in like two weeks. Yeah, but I just don't know if I could live with my parents indefinitely, you know? <laughs> that's oof. the thing. I, I, I have cool parents that I get along with really well. I get well. along with
1: mine too, but living with them, Yeah. oof. <laughs> Uh, well,
0: I don't know what to tell you. I'm it's glad for it's you. going okay so I'm glad for you. far. That's, yeah, so you that's, you that's good news. You basically just not wanted to like subject yourself and others to the risk of you traveling. That's why you're not going back home right now, right? It just doesn't make sense. I mean, like you watch the news and so much of it is just about
2: New York City. And like why would I go back there right yeah. now? Yeah. Like like
1: Davindra is there.
2: Right? <laughs> it's a hellscape. It's not Take great. It- Take a good yeah.
1: look at what Devinder's life is right yeah. now. No one wants that.
3: I'm just trapped in an apartment with a toddler who's getting increasingly self-aware and more and more, like, more attitude. So, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just dealing with this internal crisis. But it is insane that I the occasions when I run out to the grocery store to get supplies or something, it's like once or twice a week. But so many people are just not doing anything. No one is protecting themselves. And it is terrifying. It is like, yeah, it's all the post-apocalyptic movies we, we've we watched and all the things we've read and people are just like blasé going about their lives as normal through this it's infuriating it's crazy
0: Jeff Kanata what's it been like in Los Angeles uh, being cooped up with your two kids
1: oh not great um, <laughs> it's yeah it's stressful and uh, it, it does seem crazy to me that it has only been such a short time and there seems to be such a long runway ahead of us before any even remote chance of normalcy returns. Uh, I can't believe it's only been about a real week of doing this uh, in, in any, you know, concentrated way. Yeah. Uh, it is uh We, we should crazy. point out that
0: we are recording this on Friday, March 27th. Uh, you will hear this. A few days after that, so it's possible like more things will have changed oh, by the time. It's almost you're certain. To this, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It's we there. Who knows what world you're living this in or listening to this in? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, every day is a new raft of horrors. So I, I was
0: looking over our show notes. We were supposed to review Mulan this week. Remember? Wouldn't, have been nice? Wouldn't that have been nice? Remember when Mulan was going to be a movie that came out in theaters? Uh, Dude, remember I, when theaters almost were a thing that the were premiere. open?
1: I was like, I'm not. I don't need to go to the premiere. I'll just see it the following week. Yeah. And, and now, you know, the people that went to the premiere may be the only people that ever see that movie in a
3: theater. <laughs> well, also they, they all have the virus now, so. Well, they're, that's they're true. Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't. I don't know if I joke about that, but suffice to say, I think that, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it it does feel like that life was forever ago, even though it's only been a couple weeks. So I want to
1: comment too about how davindra just phrased that because my wife said something similar to me last night <laughs> and she said you know yeah. something something the virus and i was like
3: we're in the fucking movie it's it's we, actually the rona it's the rona you talk the, about uh, yeah
1: but you talk about the virus and how the virus is in our It's that's the move that's 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 the, the thing it's the movie man it's the yeah it's crazy
0: I, yeah. it, it seems like yeah, you you've brought this up a few times. You seem to really be into the fact or into this idea that we are in like Act One of a, a post-apocalypse movie, basically. I don't
1: think into it is how I would describe it. It is it just yeah. is an unignorable yeah. sensation that I that hits me in <laughs> waves. You Fair know, enough. Just <laughs>
3: speaking the truth. That's all. That's all.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's you know it's the the Walking Dead or. Last Man on Earth, yeah. you know, all the last these,
3: of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Last Man on Earth is a comedy. Right. So I kind of feel almost like it's more <laughs> like that. Sometimes it's the day to day of being in my house and Last Man on Earth. They would talk about the virus and you know they would be doing ridiculous things. And that's kind of how it feels right now. It's almost a parody of itself in a strange way and how I'll walk out. I mean, I went to Trader Joe's yesterday, which was the first time I've gone in a week. The first time hazmat I
3: Mat gear, I assume, Jeff.
1: Uh, I did not, although my wife oh, supports me for that. Um,
3: yeah, but it was—I
1: mean, I'm playing Half Life Alex right now too, and so it's uh-huh. that game is all built around City Seventeen, which is this, you know, basically dystopian nightmare. And there,
3: there is a quarantine zone in that game, yes. so it is, uh, yeah, quite the thing to be playing right now.
1: And I mean, I'm, st- I'm, I'm, first of all, waiting to get into Trader Joe's in a line of people who all have masks and gloves on, looking like you know, this dystopian future already. Then we get shuffled in, in groups. And as we're in there, there's like a a recording over the loudspeaker that's done in this very pleasant voice of like, don't forget to cover your mouth with your elbow if you sneeze, which is so half-life, it's crazy. And then you go to check out By the way, everybody's like veering away from each other, which is good. It's what you're supposed to do, but it feels weird to look at a stranger and try not to get close to them. And then when you check out, the checker says, "Please stand in the green box until I beckon you to to move forward." It is like, it is those movies. It is those video games. It's that nutso sensation of I've experienced this through fiction, and I know I've been saying that for the past several weeks, but. It just gets more acute every time, every week, every day. It's just more and more descending into the deeper first act of those yeah. movies.
3: The, the sad thing, though, Jeff, is that none of the fiction we've seen or read has been as dumb as reality. Well, I that's think that's true. what's really depressing me right now. So, yeah, yeah. No, there's that. Good, good, stay safe, everybody. Good luck.
0: Pa- Patrick Willems, I noticed you've been consuming a lot of media as you've been quarantined. And I'm that's curious, true. like, what. What has guided your media consumption this last week?
2: Uh, so, I will say it. I'm not going to say that the timing of this pandemic was good because that's because <laughs> that would not be, a true. Thing to say.
0: be a terrible thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: that would be t- exactly. It, it could never yes. be good. But I had already, like, months ahead of time, scheduled uh, a little break, uh, just, like, some time to, like, relax and recharge and not work for, like, a week or so in late March. And so this just hit when I was already going to take time off. Uh, And so I've just spent the week just watching two to three movies every single day. Mm. And uh, and I've just been trying to... I have, like, a, a long list in a Google Doc that's, like, I don't know... So twelve pages long. That just has a. Uh, it's it's like a queue uh, of movies that I have not seen that I intend to see, and uh, and I've just been trying to just go through that and just fill in gaps in like my mu- my movie viewing and uh, trying to like make choices quickly. Just go through like directors' filmographies in terms of like who like watch their movies that I haven't seen. Uh, watch classics that I'm ashamed that I haven't seen before. And, uh, and that – it, it seems like I've been in the mood for a lot of, like, 1980s uh, action movies and thrillers. Yeah, so, h- like, right now, I'm just yeah, like – hit us with some highlights. Like, uh, I, um, okay, so I'm going to admit something really uh, embarrassing right now. <laughs> um, uh, until two days ago, I'd never seen the film Predator.
3: Wow. Oh, wow. I yeah, am uh, – um, my, my opinion of you, Patrick, has now – yeah, gone,
2: gone much lower. This is why I was embarrassed to admit it. How did you feel uh, about I, it? Yeah. I, th- I think it's a, a goddamn masterpiece. Yes. <laughs> like Like, genuinely an, a, a really, really good movie. Uh, I, got, I, I I, I, was trying to, like, watch the the McTiernan movies I hadn't seen. His first movie, by the way, is weird mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, but I right now I'm just I've just committed to watching every Tony Scott film that I haven't seen. I saw seen. that.
0: You know, this is an interesting coincidence. I'm I've, I've been doing these broadcasts on uh, Periscope and Twitter every night with my wife just to check in on people. And the other night I brought up I, I made an analogy with something that had happened in the movie Crimson Tide, which is directed by Tony Scott. You know, I
2: David, I literally finished watching Crimson Tide 20 minutes before
0: <laughs> and, th- for the first I time. Oh, like oh my last, last night nice. I watched uh, I, I put Crimson Tide on because I was I, I brought it up. there's a scene in the movie, movie and we're masterfuls. gonna spoil Crimson Tide, which is like a two decade old movie. so but there's a scene in the movie where Gene Hackman uh, he initiates a nuclear launch uh, test while there's a fire in the submarine. and that always that scene always stuck with me because he's like we can't just like launch drills when everything's calm and hunky-dory, I think is the word he uses. Uh, and I always just really appreciated that mentality of like, you can't just test yourself when uh, things are going super well. And uh, so then I brought that up and I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, you should, I should really go revisit that movie. And first of all, that movie still kicks ass. And secondly, so, oh, yeah. I am still old enough to remember when the final words of that film, <laughs> as you see on the screen, something along the lines of, as of right now, the president of the United States is the only person who can launch nuclear missiles. We're meant to be reassuring uh, yeah. to viewers, which I don't feel like it is right now. But Patrick, what do you think of Crimson Tide? Uh,
2: okay, also a masterpiece. I think it's like, a, again, I just watched it for the first time mere minutes ago. Um And I think it's like a a, a top contender for Tony Scott's best movie. I really loved Mm it. Yeah. And I laughed out loud in like a kind of morbid way when those final lines came up. Because, yeah, (laughs) it's like I I believe the wording is something like um, the power to launch a nuclear missile no longer resides with the commanders of the submarines it resides with the President of the United <laughs> States. <you're> like, <laughs> That's like, the, those are the final words <laughs> of text. And, I mean, watching that in 2020 is
0: so... I brilliant. wish you could, I wish you could explain to someone who watched it back then <laughs> what our situation is today. Uh, it the would plot blow for their Crimson
3: mind. tie 2 writes itself, basically.
1: <laughs> I feel like hey, you've, look, uh, you've... Bring Denzel yeah. back. I feel <laughs> like you've now thrown the gauntlet down that we have to... Try to determine what Tony Scott's best movie is. Mm-hmm. Feels like the contenders are Top Gun, right? Uh, True Romance. Crimson Tide. I mean, Last Boy Scout's really good. Days of Thunder's pretty good. Enemy of the State's pretty good. I mean,
2: you've got the cr- his crazy last 20 years. Yeah, yeah. But
1: I feel like it's really... Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Top Gun... True, man. Fire man, on
0: fire. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man on fire. Yeah, man fire for me. For is me, no I, I look at all those movies, and it is Crimson Tide for me. You know, I've, I, it's I mean, tide. I've it's seen all Crimson movies.
3: Tide or yeah. True Romance? That those are, those are the. Those I, the two. I've just rewatched True Romance, and talk about a movie that does not hold up. But that's just me. There's a lot about that movie that's rough now.
2: What's great? It's been like a decade since I've yeah. watched it.
0: What's great about Crimson Tide is you have these two amazing actors just going up against each other, right? and they're like literally yeah. rivals in the movie mm-hmm. so good. Uh, trying to outsmart each other and and what's what's also great about the movie is they're both right, right yeah. like, like you 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 can understand both of their position uh, and why they're doing what they're doing. so yeah, that uh, that
2: movie that I'll awesome. say I have three more Tony Scott movies to watch until I've seen them all and. So uh, up next is The Fan. Mm. Has anyone seen yeah, The Fan? Yeah, it's not
1: great. You're, you're good. <laughs> well, I'm going to watch it there. <laughs> um, I would like to point out, by the way, that Crimson Tide came out two years after Judgment Night. So probably influenced by that movie.
0: Uh, How dare you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that both uh, movies have two words in the title, you know? Uh, and so it probably took its, its... like, hey, this two-word thing is working out super well. Um, we, should, <laughs> we should keep going with that. All right, anyway, well, glad you've been finding some solace in the films of Tony Scott, Patrick. Um, They're so beautiful. But, uh, you know what, let's get to our review today. Before we do that, though, uh, we got to thank our sponsor. Jeff, you want to thank our sponsor for today?
1: I sure do. Uh, these are... Uh, crazy times, scary times. Uh, financially, economically, I'm sure everybody is a little worried. And if you are carrying a credit card balance, that's probably worrisome too. And it, you know, I'm not somebody that has ever had a credit card balance my entire life. I pay off my credit cards every month, and I heartily recommend that just for peace of mind. Credit card in, um um APRs can be so ridiculously high, but our sponsor, Lightstream is a credit card consolidation loan service uh, and they can help you pay off your credit card bills. Uh, Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience and that's exactly what they deliver. You can roll balances from multiple credit cards into a single monthly loan payment. You can get a low fixed interest rate and free up more money from your monthly budget and say goodbye to credit card bills and take even more control of your money. Uh, Lightstream's Credit card consolidation loans have rates from just 5.95% APR with auto pay. And there's absolutely no fees, no hidden fees, which is pretty great. Uh, and just for listeners of the Slash Film cast, <laughs> just for listeners of the Slash Film cast, you can apply now and get additional interest rate discounts to save even more. You know, the funniest thing about that is that I wasn't reading that. I literally, just my brain just didn't work. I was saying the Slash Film cast... I wasn't reading it. It sounds like I was reading it poorly, but I wasn't. I just Mm. couldn't say the name of our own show. Nice. Uh, uh, (laughs) But you can get an additional interest rate discount to save even more. Uh, The only way to get that is to go to lightstream.com slash filmcast. That's lightstream.com slash filmcast for an additional discount. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash filmcast. F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T. All one word. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.50 auto pay. 0.50% 0.50% percent auto pay discount terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash filmcast for more information.
0: We also want to thank all the people who donated to the podcast this week. A big thanks to Matt Rankin, James Rosario, and Evie Erco, who writes in, "'Thank you for the brilliant podcast that has inspired me to watch more movies and kept me entertained and sane during some hard times, like the current situation being self-isolated in my house in Denmark.'" I hope this tiny donation helps to keep the podcast running. I'd also like to send you lots of fighting, spirit, and encouragement. It really moved me hearing Jeff say how the global crisis has affected him. doesn't really matter to me what kind of content you guys review and discuss at the moment, as long as I can hear you interacting with each other like usual. Thanks so much for all your hard work and all the jokes. Warm regards, Evie. So, Thank you, Evie. To, yeah, thanks to Evie for that uh, donation. And uh, I also just want to acknowledge that we got a very generous donation um, from somebody who asked to remain unnamed. Uh, and I'll just read a little bit from the message that this person sent. He said, uh, I've been listening to you all for years. I think you're all terrific individually, and that as great as you are, the whole is much greater than the sum of its parts. Uh, and same with the cat's cut. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, uh, so thank you to Unnamed Donor. Uh, I I was gobsmacked, gobsmacked when I saw this donation, and we are extremely appreciative of it during these very challenging times. So thanks for the donation. And I I will say, Dave, I'm
3: sure this donor felt great after we spent 10 minutes talking about the cat's butthole cut. Yeah. Like, that is what they're
0: paying for, right? (laughs) in a very literal way. Um, yeah. But, uh, Thank if you. you. if you want to support us here on the podcast, you can always go to paypal.me slash filmcast. That's paypal.me slash filmcast. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our review of Bloodshot. And initiate sequence. <laughs> I'm sorry to be the one to tell
1: you this, but you got yourself killed at RST. We'd rebuild the most important assets in the U.S. military. Soldiers like yourself.
3: You're the first who we've successfully managed to bring back. But improved, enhanced.
1: With the technology in your veins, you have an army inside you that will
0: not only make you stronger, it will heal you instantly.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Now tell me, do you
1: remember anything?
0: That was from the trailer for Bloodshot, the new film by David S.F. Wilson. And it was written by Jeff Wadlow and Academy Award nominee Eric Heiser. You guys may remember Eric Heiser's work from Arrival, a movie that we all really enjoyed. I'm going to read the plot summary for Bloodshot here. Quote, after he and his wife are murdered... Marine Ray Garrison is resurrected by a team of scientists. Enhanced with nanotechnology, he becomes a superhuman biotech killing machine, Bloodshot. As Ray first trains with fellow super soldiers, he cannot recall anything from his former life, but when his memories flood back and he remembers the man that killed both him and his wife, he breaks out of the facility... To get revenge, all that stuff happens in the first like fifteen minutes. By I way, think so you could mind. just yes.
1: you could just say the arrival of Vin Diesel
0: movies. <laughs> it's the arrival of Vin Diesel movies. Now, Patrick Willem, clearly, I, I invited you onto this podcast because I saw you tweeting about watching this movie, and I'm like, hey, I want to get Patrick's opinion on this movie that not very many people have seen, and I know Patrick's going to have a good opinion on it. Uh, that being said, Patrick, you're you're uh, quarantining with your parents. You have a universe of amazing movies you can watch. Literally hundreds of thousands of movies at your fingertips. You can just enter it into Amazon or iTunes or whatever. Get on-demand whatever you want. Got the Criterion channel. You can stream anything uh, from classics. Are you trying to make me feel terrible, thing? Of, of those movies, why did you decide to choose Bloodshot as something that you would enjoy this week?
2: It is true. Instead of, you know, watching all those <laughs> Fellini films I haven't seen... <laughs> I chose to spend $20 and watch Bloodshot. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can never take that back.
0: You, you um, could have literally watched Fellini's entire catalog for $20 uh, or ho- however long it, however much it costs to rent Criterion uh, or subscribe to Criterion channel for a month.
2: But. Right. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, you know what? I have no regrets. <laughs> um, I, I do have to say, part of why I decided to watch it uh, and spend that money to watch it is I. I I've been thinking a lot about the the state of the film industry and, like, movie theaters and all of that with the current situation. Um, and the way, obviously, I, I'm sure you guys have spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about it. The way uh, studios are having to change their release strategy and uh, bumping up the digital releases of a lot of movies and stuff like that. And I probably would have seen Bloodshot in theaters because... I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like Vin Diesel. Uh, I'm, in, I'm, I, I'm intrigued by, uh, by him, you know, starring in like the adaptation of a, a valiant comic series. Uh, but I would have used my AMC A list account to see it, basically not paying any money for it. Um, but also, right now, I've been thinking about like, okay, I, what can we as movie fans do to, uh, to sort of like send. <laughs> I guess some kind of message to the studios about the fact that like, yes, we still uh, care about these movies and we still care about new releases. Uh, we're not going to like give up on these things. And, uh, and so um, part of it was out of just curiosity and interest in the movie. And then part of it was also just wanting to uh, support the film industry uh, by saying like, yeah, if, if this is how yeah. uh, this is, this is the only way to see yeah. a new release, More of this, please. I will do it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And so I spent $20 and I now own forever
0: (laughs) uh, on iTunes a copy of Bloodshot. Mm. Uh, Well, that's very beautifully said. And it is fascinating that the form your grief has taken is... Paying twenty dollars for Bloodshot. Uh, mm. uh, yep. all, so we should point out that, by the way, right, like this is adapted from a uh, comic book series, and it was ostensibly going to become like a cinematic universe that that could go up against like DC and Marvel, hopefully on sure, the big screen. Um, uh, yeah, J- Jeff, I think you, you. I mean, you and you and Patrick both know a lot about comic books uh, and and read them somewhat regularly. Is my understanding. Uh, is like, can you give us a sense, like calibrate how big Valiant is compared to like Marvel and DC? Is it like 10% the size, 50% the size, 80% the size? Distant third, distant, distant, distant distant third. third. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these
1: are, I I wouldn't
0: even, not even
1: third. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. Not even third, not even remotely third. It's a distant, I mean, if you're only talking three in your subset, then yes, it's third, distant third, but it is not third out of all of these superhero pantheons. Uh, But in the early nineties, when the, you know, the, comic book industry was booming. Uh, they put out a bunch of the exo you know, War comes to mind and uh man I don't even remember what all the the comics were. I own them somewhere. They're in my like, dad's attic somewhere. Um but y- go ahead. I'm sure um you under, you remember more.
2: Well, so like I didn't have any uh of the 90s Valiant comics, but uh Jeff, do you know about the the whole sort of like uh return of Valiant yes. from the like like maybe 10 they years ago they relaunched the pretty whole line yeah 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 go ahead well the, these two guys um i've i've i i'm trying to remember uh Dinesh's last name uh cuz i've i hung out with him once before but basically these two guys who were just big fans of Valiant for like like ever since they they were kids they basically bought the company they 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 like put together like a, a proposal and bought the company and they their whole plan for like, and this is again, this is only in the past decade. Their publishing plan was to kind of treat it like comic book Moneyball, which was basically to get the not the A list like writers and artists, but like the really solid people uh, who weren't the big names, but could like just make good comics. And they kind of like rebooted this whole comic book universe. Uh, And just and I should say I've read very few of these. I'm not well versed in Valiant Comics, but I think, but I I like uh, I know people who work at the company, and I think their their whole model for how they approached it was really interesting, and they built this really cohesive comic book universe um, that can uh, that also like doesn't have quite the baggage of Marvel and DC because they have like 60 years of continuity. And, um, But, yeah, so I'm, like, aware of a lot of Valiant comics, but I have read very
1: I've few them. I've read films. zero of that relaunch. I read a bunch of this 90s stuff, Ninjak and, uh, like I said, Exo War and Bloodshot. Eternal yeah. Warrior and
2: stuff like that. Quantum and yeah. Woody.
1: But, so, but that was all, like, early 90s uh, when I was just reading everything and buying everything and thinking that comic books were going to, you know, go up in value. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it – it, uh, it it's interesting from a potential cinematic universe perspective, kind of what Patrick was saying, which is nobody's walking into a movie theater going, "I hope this stands up to the forty years of Spider-Man comics I've been reading." You know, it's um, it it it's an interesting idea of being potentially able to have more of a clean slate and build something from zero, but I don't. Obviously, don't think that's going to
0: happen now. So this is a this is a Sony film, bloodshot a Sony film. But then there was a movie called Harbinger or Harbinger, uh, which was then acquired the rights to that movie, which is also set in the same universe, was acquired by Paramount. Uh, so the idea that this was going to lead to this big cinematic universe, uh, it would have it, it was kind of like a remember when Marvel like licensed out all their characters to like different studios, right? Like Fox got X Men and. Um, uh, Fantastic Four and Sony got Spider Man and so on. Like Valiant has kind of done that in, in a smaller way. In that Paramount now has apparently rights to non Bloodshot characters, and so maybe there was, well, that, a, was
1: a, that was an act of desperation for Marvel. That was uh, an act of right. staving off bankruptcy for Marvel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not that was right. not a strategic I, move. I will say. <laughs>
2: Uh, D- David, what you're saying, that thing that you're mentioning right now ties directly into sort of my whole take on All this right, movie. <laughs>
0: Bring it to us, Patrick. What are your thoughts on Bloodshot?
2: Okay, I mean, my super condensed version is I don't think it's a very good movie, <laughs> but maybe because of the just the time we're living in, I still kind of had fun with it. But I, what I find interesting about this movie is... Uh, so as you're saying, you know, this is like uh, a, a potential or, or uh, would-be cinematic universe starter uh, that that could, you know, that would love to compete with Marvel and DC in the same way that the Valiant comic universe was the same thing. And um, what this movie made me think of is, uh, so uh, Venom was sort of a similar situation where it's not really an MCU movie, mm-hmm. Sony had to kind of make their own thing um, and compete with like, I guess like the big kids and uh, and both Bloodshot and Venom decided that the uh, the best way to compete with like the juggernauts of comic book movies right now is to make a movie that feels like a really generic film from like twenty years
0: ago. <laughs> uh-huh yes yeah and yes. so
2: it, it's like if if valiant is is in terms of with their uh film licensing is where marvel was like 15 years mm. ago uh they made a movie that feels like kind of like a what marvel movies were in the very early 2000s right. which is to say like, like schlocky, Venom of
0: you know movies that feel like they should go directed to, to blu-ray or dvd yeah. or, or what have like you, that right?
2: fantastic God. four oh,
3: movie or, maybe yeah y-
2: yeah or, or just like i mean because i remember when i saw venom and like the interesting thing about Venom is only Tom Hardy's performance because the rest of the movie, it's like they took the character and just dropped him into a generic sort of corporate villain plotline yeah. from any like just uh, like run of the mill action blockbuster from the early two thousands, and uh, and then and then that was it. And this kind of feels like the same thing. It's and it, it feels so different than the approach to the Valiant comics where they're like, let's just make like really like, good, solid comics uh, with, like, talented creators that uh, don't have, like, the the flash and big names of, like, Marvel and DC, but have better storytelling. And that doesn't seem like that was their approach here. They could have done something really unique to Stand Apart and instead just made something that feels like a throwback. I don't know.
0: All right. Well, it so- sounds like a real mixed bag there, Patrick. Um <laughs> yeah. But, your Hardware, your thoughts on Bloodshot?
3: Yeah, I feel like throwback is a good way to uh to to put it because it feels like a throwback to a lot of the terrible movies I sat through in the 90s. I I hate this movie. <laughs> I completely hate this movie. It is the worst sort of action movie and I'm sure I've said this before plenty of times, but to me the worst sort of like bad movies are the ones that aren't even fun to watch in a bad or campy way. Like it's just it's boring. It is a completely boring movie cemented by Diesel um who i love i love the d's we've talked about the d's quite a bit and uh our love for the fast and furious uh franchise i love what he's done with riddick even though those movies are kind of hit or miss sometimes like i appreciate him as an action star and as somebody who's trying to build universes in a very dorky uh way like we've talked about how fast and furious is just basically a comic book universe you know um and this movie just does nothing for him. Uh, there, they're, th- it's just c- completely empty. Is the thing like this is an action movie that's trying to be smart and self aware in a way, just be like, oh no, we're we're not the dumb action movie you initially thought we were because of a uh, spoiler, you know, plot point. But still, it is still even even the point where it's making fun of bad action movies. It's still being a bad action movie. This movie is two Inception levels down. Of a bad action movie, you know? It is incoherent. I don't understand any of the action scenes. There's something that happens. um, This movie quick cuts so often for for the most innocuous things. It is kind of hilarious. Uh, I just didn't find any of it interesting or thrilling. I don't know, like, the motivation for Diesel's character. Like, once he's... um, We'll talk about some of this stuff in spoilers, but I think motivation is all over the place. I don't understand the the stakes of this movie sometimes. Um, what is this organization he's working for? Who who are they? What are they like? What are they doing in the grand scheme of things? And for some reason, a movie that's trying to be so big and comic booky feels incredibly small this movie feels like it has five people in it and that's all we see like there are no other humans this movie feels itself like a simulation of some kind and we're just walking watching vin diesel and a couple you know actors bounce around stages i don't know why Lamorin uh morris is in this movie an actor i really like with a british accent for some reason like a lot of things are just inexplicable <laughs> i wish i had fun with this it just felt so dull and so boring
0: be, be more interesting. That's all. That's all you have to be. Jeff Kanata, your thoughts on Bloodshot? Well, Dave, <laughs> I guess you could say
1: my thoughts about Bloodshot are best summed up in the form of a limerick, but my limerick is a little spoilery. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to say something that you will never hear me say, but I kind of think it's not a bad idea to say a tiny little spoilery thing before you hear this, <laughs> before you see this movie, to hear True. a bit of a spoiler. Now, huh. I huh. totally respect <laughs> anybody who would not want to do that, huh. Uh, huh. but huh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something here in the non-spoiler <laughs> section. If you want to fast forward, you 15 seconds, 30 seconds is most it will take to get through it. So I'm going to say something now. But I honestly think it's not a bad thing to hear, if you're even considering watching this movie, especially after hearing what Devendra and Patrick said, and that <laughs> is, the first half an hour of this movie isn't this movie, and I think that that's really
3: pretty cool, because the f- except it, it, it is a third of the movie, it is still <laughs> what the movie is forcing us to watch. So, but, but uh, go ahead, Jeff. Go. Ahead.
1: I've I okay. It's, diff- it's going to be difficult for me to talk about why I really yeah. like this movie.
3: This is not some mind blowing revelation. I do feel like. It's not a mind blowing revelation. We, we could just say it. I mean, but okay, yeah.
1: Here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say in the non spoiler area. If this movie starred almost any other actor, <laughs> it would. The script is clever and cool enough, and the direction and action is clever and cool enough, in my opinion, that it would not seem dumb. It would seem clever and smart. It, it, and if it was called The Six Million Dollar Man instead of Bloodshot, but it was the exact same script, it would seem a lot cooler. It could be called The Six Million Dollar Man and star, I don't know, anybody. Literally Mark Wahlberg. anybody. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Well, not anybody. Okay, almost, not, <laughs> almost anybody. But some person who's not a big uh, muscle-bound dude... Who can sort of doesn't have to be all Vin Diesel? I kind of is isn't the character a big muscle bound dude? That's what I'm saying. It's not if you don't worry about making it a bloodshot movie.
0: <laughs> I see. I okay. see. Yeah.
1: Okay. I kind of like. Okay, here's the thing. I kind of like. <laughs> I kind of like all of the uh, backflips this movie does to get to the visual of of uh, bloodshot. If you want to f- see a fight scene in flower, in not flowers,
3: flower <laughs> the the baking.
1: I ingredient
3: was, it's it's very confusing because okay so bloodshot as a character in the comics he just has like ash white skin yeah i guess and the way this movie does this is to set a very boring set piece amidst flower i completely that's, disagree that it are doing
1: i thought that scene was rad i had a i had a oh ton of fun God. with that scene i had a t- there's there are several there's a motorcycle chase that's really cool there's a uh, the final action sequence oh. i thought was really
3: cool Let's get to spoilers soon. I'm, I'm like, I had, I had a, go ahead, Jen, finish up I had a
1: good time uh, with those with those scenes. Um, I think the reason that I, I think this movie is kind of making fun. I mean, we got We got to get to spoilers to talk about it. But I, I honestly think that if it was called The Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah. And it was, they cast um, John Krasinski this is a really fun script and a really fun movie and it's, it would totally swerve a ton of people and it would be – we would talk about it like we talk about – I'm not even going to say it because it's a spoiler. Okay, but right. I had a <laughs> lot of fun with this movie <laughs> I think it's great. I thought the first half an hour was, was bad too and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's a, it was supposed to be. And I get yeah. it. You're saying that you didn't like that and you, you, you were mad that it forced you to go <laughs> through that. But it, but it was for a point and I thought that was fun.
3: I'm not, so I'm not you, even mad that it forced me to go through something. It's more like I'm mad that you're thinking you're smart by pointing out things that are bad about what you just did and then proceeding to do the same dumb things <laughs> that you were making fun of. That's what
0: I'm mad at. So, the, Jeff, you're not going to give us the limerick pre pre spoilers. No? I, I can, it, it, just a little spoiler. No, no we'll just we'll, I can wait we'll, for it. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. wait for yeah. it. We'll wait for it. We'll wait for it. Uh, uh, I'll just say, you know, I w- expected to hate this movie, but I think I'm kind of more on Jeff's side on this one. I actually, I mean, Vin Diesel, I think, is a really silly action hero. I just, I just no longer yeah. really find him believable as an action hero. He, he I agree. is
3: teetering on Steven Seagal territory. it's so true. Point. You, like, he, you can't man. deliver lines. It's not. Yeah,
1: I don't. It's really unfortunate that he's the star of this. But yeah, I agree with you, Dave. Uh,
0: uh, and, and that being said I, he does seem like he bulked up a little bit for this like he he, he looks like <laughs> almost believably like what Bloodshot could be the plot of this movie is absolutely ludicrous but I think some of the action scenes I agree with you DeVinger, it has been edited to shreds uh, but some of them are like, hey, that's actually like a, a kind of a cool moment that just happened just now in that action scene. There, there's, there
3: are cool moments I see in a quarter of a second yes. of something right. that gets quickly cut away. Like, I don't, right. I don't
0: know if I give you credit for that. I want to at least let me see it. Let me see the thing. Yeah. So there's a lot that's dumb in this movie, but I did kind of have some fun with it. So I would not pay $20 to own this movie forever, but. Which we all do now. Maybe, Thank, you. Thank you. Maybe when yeah. it hits a streaming service or maybe when it. Uh, uh, comes out on, uh, for rental or something like that. You know, it, it yeah. might not be a bad or maybe when you see it on TV. Um, but anyway, I, I thought it was all right. Why don't we move to spoilers because we have a lot more to discuss here. So spoilers for Bloodshot starting right now.
1: Now you're looking for the secret. Can you see this coming? No. But you won't find it because of course
0: you're not going to see this coming.
1: You're not really
0: looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's
2: in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you. We
0: want to be fooled. All right, Jeff, you want to take us into the spoiler section with your limerick here?
1: Sure. If you judge it, don't be so quick, because the second act pulls a neat trick. (laughs) It's Total Recall meets Live, Die, Repeat, while masquerading as a bad flick.
3: How dare you? (laughs) Two great movies? (laughs) I,
1: I like that it is doing a bad action movie for a little while and then a lot of while
3: a lot of while but okay yeah, and then yeah. it
1: it says hey we did a bad action movie to trick you we did a bad action movie because that's yeah. what works for dumb oafs like this
3: exactly what every audience wants I, Yeah, it's what I
1: want I don't give a shit about other audiences
3: <laughs> I, it's what I liked I like the fact the movie's like the movie's saying Vin Diesel's a big done idiot yeah you could do that in five minutes. You could do Well this do movie the chose whole, to like, do it in a half
1: an hour yeah. and I think Yeah. And I <laughs> it's certainly a choice. Okay.
3: I I, I yeah. feel your hate.
1: I do. I recognize it. I'm saying that <laughs> all of the all of the bad action movie, even the way it all plays out, the bad dialogue, all of that stuff was a cool like lull me into into a, a it's unfortunate because it does make you think this movie is awful but then yeah. it becomes a pretty fun movie and you know there's a lot of things I would change about it I'm not saying this is a great movie <laughs> I had fun <laughs> I, I had a great time yeah. I
3: thought that
0: that, <gasps> that keyword is fun and I, I wish I had fun too yeah, that's all uh, Patrick Willems, let me ask you, uh, how did the whole head fake work for you? You know, the the first 20, 30 minutes basically is revealed to be uh, an illusion, like a, a memory that's been implanted. First of all, I, I, I should also point out There's a moment when it's revealed that, like, all the memories are implanted and, like, Guy Pierce is, you know, running his PS4 version of Dreams, you know, and, like, going through, going through, like, the memory and being like, maybe a little bit more blood spatter on the wall this time. You know, like, I'm like, who gives a shit about any of this? Like, why is he doing this at all? Anyway. (laughs) He's an artist. (laughs) So, uh, how did it work for you, Patrick? Uh,
2: I'm glad we have dived into this because this is what I was excited to talk about. Uh, yeah, so I think like everybody in the first ten minutes or so, I was like, "Oh no, this." Uh, yeah, th- I, I I just spent twenty dollars <laughs> this, this. looks like a
3: Michael Bay light uh, disaster, basically in twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I,
2: especially uh, and like w- it, it was. I mean, I I had fun with uh, Toby Kebbell's intro in the Meat Locker <laughs> dancing to Psycho Killer, as much as it's like you know the like oh quirky villain because it's dancing Toby to Kebbell pop music, yeah. Right, it, it's like it's like a cliche, but it's also fun. I, I enjoyed watching that. But then when you get to like you know his wife being killed right away, I'm like, we, oh, this is that really that kind of movie yeah. that we're we're gonna just like start it off with that, and uh, and then you get to that point where you learn what's actually going on, and I'm like, oh this movie tricks you into thinking that it's worse than it is. I like sat up in my well, seat. Well, what's cool is, and, just, uh, to, just
1: to make it even clearer, is what's cool is that it, it goes, hey, we're a movie about this dude tracking down Toby Kebbell. We cast Toby Kebbell because he's a recognizable villain type
3: star dude. You know, he's a- I, 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 I don't know about that, but he's okay. A, okay. Yeah. all right. Yeah. You, you can, you, hey, that's, Dr. Doom, that's Dr.
2: Doom you're talking about.
3: He is. That is uh, the bad ape. In the other, the middle of the Apes me movie, you weren't right? surprised <laughs> that he
1: died so quickly.
0: I'm, so, I'm saying well, that I, the movie, I, I, actually, it was not. a cool moment. It was a cool yes. moment when you're you see Toby Kebble again, and he is his character is completely different than what you've seen before. Yes. Yes. It's like yeah. some, Wait, what's going on? What's going on? And then he goes out. Movie, on, it is here. clearly setting up here. a movie
1: where the last moment of the movie is killing Toby Kebble and that happens 20 minutes in, and you go, huh? Well yeah. that's interesting. And huh. that's the yeah, moment that's I sat up in my seat because I will also point out that Dave sent a text out saying saying oh the the villain of this movie is 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 called uh, what is it? Michael Axe. Martin Axe. Axe. Or, yeah. Martin Axe. Martin Axe. And I was like no well that's what's so cool is that that's what you're led <laughs> to believe that this is the, the this villain of this movie Listen. and we're going to take the rest of the movie to track him down and then 20 minutes and he's dead and you go
3: oh <laughs> I, I give the movie credit. I feel for like that moment hit harder for you, Jeff, than uh, certainly it did for me. I will say the best part of the fake out of this movie uh, of the first couple of minutes is that it was basically color graded to be the orange blue poster color. So that was fun. It just looked like a Michael Bay movie. So you kind of knew like, what yeah, you were t- stepping t- into.
0: I would say it looked more like a Tony Scott movie, like a lot of greens, okay. right? Yeah? yeah. Can I chime yeah, in here? Yes. Because this is what I really yes. wanted to say. Um, so I watched
2: Bloodshot in the midst of watching a bunch of Tony Scott movies mm-hmm. and my main take on this whole movie is that with honestly, maybe even the same script, this would be a really good Tony Scott movie. Yeah. He would know exactly what to do with this, whether it's like you've got the uh like the the sort of brooding male protagonist uh, who has this like single minded like quest for revenge, whether it's like, Man on Fire, or Tony Scott's movie *Revenge*, which I watched last night. Uh, you've got that sort of thing. You've got the the sort of like you know like sci-fi, like the the weird uh, sci-fi aspect. It's kind like kind of like, uh, reminiscent of deja vu, mm-hmm. and and just like all of like the settings, the premises for scenes. This is the stuff Tony Scott would kill, and and he seems like a bit of an influence, but and there will but like. Again, Devinder, you were mentioning that you know, it, it it's edited way too frenetically. And like they'll there will be like kind of a striking shot, but it'll be gone in a second. Yeah. And Tony Scott would know to actually like linger on these images and give them some actual like weight and power mm-hmm. and like create some atmosphere. and uh and that would that my main thing about this movie is I just wish I, I mean, I always wish Tony Scott was still alive. Yes, but I yes. wish he could have made this movie because I think he could have made it, like, really artful Mm -hmm. while still, you know, while still, you know, accomplishing the same goals.
3: What I love about Tony Scott is that he applied an artfulness and an energy to really schlocky, like, concepts. Like, that's the thing. Like, you look at something like Top Gun or even Days of Thunder – and even Man on Fire, which is a straight-up, like, a typical revenge movie, but even when it has crazy editing like this, like, it captures mood and essence so well, like, he handles Denzel so well. Um, I want to talk about the Flower Power shootout, okay? And why I think that's where this entire movie fell apart for me, because that's post the twist, right? That is... Well, no, it's not post the twist, but it no, is... That's right before, that's right the, before twist. the twist. That's right before the twist. But it is in the real world, right? Like, it is essentially... What we're seeing is the world as it is. Um, Some of it's being like the actual people are simulated for for the D's. But beyond that, it's a real world. We enter that scene. He he crashes into the convoy. He just shoots everybody in the most boring way. He gets shot. He plays dead. This is a super powered comic book hero whose main um, technique right now is playing possum. They're like, okay, I guess we killed this guy. They step out. No, they, they didn't kill him. He just he just gets back up and starts beating everybody up. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: this, whoa, this whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, gets back up and yeah. starts beating everybody up. He, yes. he, he. They're in a a tank of a car, this bulletproof car. He does this awesome thing where he draws a little happy face out of the the flower that's he, on. The, he, do not let, let me talk. Let me finish. He just gets up. Let he just me gets finish, up.
3: please. That's all he
1: does. Then he pulls a grenade and hold on a person holds the person up to the window and stands there and holds the person so the person explodes shielding him a bit and breaking the blasting the window that is cool dude that is cool all the while it is this incredible like slowmo uh uh, uh flower everywhere i mean i've never seen anything flower like flower
3: everywhere yeah it's also lit with, with flares, flares and <laughs> lit with flares. blue and red and oh, the, the blue red. Did he even get the, like, here's here's what I'm saying is why the, it's incoherent. I'm not going to allow get the, you to, to did describe he even get it the window? as this banal, like, boring. He gets shot and he stands back but up Jeff, because it's not Jeff, like it that. Is. You, Jeff, you called out probably the one interesting moment of a very long shootout, but after they, like, knock him down, he does just get up. He puts a,
0: and, like, he, he, puts, he starts beating um, one up of those people.
1: What, what What is the name of the flare that he puts on the, the front of the car so it disables it? S- super yeah. cool and smart. I've never seen that happen. Um,
0: it like melts
1: through the hood. And yeah, it's, it it's a specific kind of thing. I can't remember what it's yeah, called. Yeah. But thermite. 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 With, so with, thermite. So let, me, let me just say with, one thing. The most insidious part of this review <laughs> is that I am being insidious. forced into a corner and not being able to say what I hate about this movie, which is a lot. <laughs> But I have to defend it because it's not as bad as you guys seem to be making out. And in fact, it I mean, could have been, and I agree, yeah, it would be great if Tony Scott directed it. It would be great if, I th- I think it's actually a pretty smart concept, a pretty smart script, and it could have been a really great movie. It's not, but it's not a terrible movie. It is certainly better than Gemini Man, which you liked, <laughs> Devendra.
3: I will watch this I, well, first of all, first times. of all, I don't like... I don't like doing the comparison thing, by the way, because it is it takes you away from the movie and what we're talking about. Oh, I reviewed uh, it like talking man. about what would be like if it. Tony Scott directed it. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't do you that. We just talked but about not... Tony
1: Scott movies for the last five minutes.
3: <laughs> we did, but Jeff, what you're That's doing? What you're doing? You have time to talk about what you don't like about the movie, but you're spending time defending it here. What I'm saying is. um you could go listen to my Gemini Man review. And, like, I defend that movie and why that movie is doing different things and what I like about it, even though it's schlocky. This movie is not doing anything. This movie is not, like, it is trying to be smart. But I feel like if this was a movie directed by, um, you know, the 21 Jump Street guys, you know, like Chris Lord and Phil Miller, they would kind of, they're smart enough. They've rebooted, you know, series enough to, like, know how to handle that sort of, like, interplay. Like, 21 Jump Street, nobody wanted that reboot. But they knew how to do it smart, do it well, and actually comment on bad action movies in a in a much smarter way than this thing. Um, but here's the thing: like I'm just talking about that one shootout and how that one shootout is a, it's boring and incoherent. Like you bring up the one interesting thing of him holding up the guy with the grenade. I, did that even blow apart the window? Yes. Because right after, because right after that, he unloads his guns into the uh, into the like backseat area. Toby Kebble's still alive. I don't. I didn't know what's happening. We look back in Vin Diesel and then he takes a shot and then that final shot kills him. Like, it's not the action, the choreography, the, like, it is not telling me anything. It's not like painting a picture of what's happening in this action other than him holding up a guy and blowing him up, you know, with the grain, which, yeah, it looks cool. But I wish the rest of that scene, that's like 5% of a very long scene of Vin Diesel just going around and like punching dudes no, and shooting people in very he, boring okay, ways. Like, okay, it's let not me, let me interesting. Just, let me
1: just exp- say what the the this action sequence is for anybody that hasn't seen this movie first of all it's the first time we see him do anything that is super powered in the movie so when he gets shot and goes down there is that thing that happens in movies where it's like what is he capable of what isn't he capable of we kind of see it through the bad guy's eyes of like check to see if there's anybody else here there's this moment of it's in all red and there's there's this flour all in the air. It's a it's atmospheric and kind of cool in my opinion. Then he gets up and he puts the um, the cooled grenade thing. The what is it? The thermite on the hood of the car to disable it. Very cool. There's a moment where in slow motion you see a bag of flour come out of the out of the fog of nothing, hit a dude in the face in slow motion, ta- and then he starts taking guys out by and in sort of. Um, um uh 300 style ramp motion knocking dudes into other dudes it is there are more than there's more than one cool sequ- moment in that sequence and to describe it as, like, he gets shot, he stands up, and then he punches dudes, I don't think is fair to the but movie. But
3: that, that is what happens. Like, I, I do think you're hyping up, like, the slow motion and anything, but we can move he on to other He throws a scenes. bag of
0: flour but to just... take
3: out a couple of guys. Oh, man, he throws a bag of
0: flour, Jeff. All right. That is, we, we've spent yeah. uh, We spent, like, 20 minutes talking about this one scene. Jeff, yeah. why don't we move on into some of the things you didn't like about this movie? There, I wasn't saying the f- bag
1: of flour thing. Be, it's because it's it's different <laughs> and unique. You're describing it like, oh, he just punches dudes, and I'm telling you that's not accurate. Okay, so there's a lot of things not to like about this movie. I, I know, and you guys have covered them. even
0: separate from that scene. And and by the way, Jeff, I'm on your side about that scene. I actually thought it was kind of cool. But, I think I think the
1: motorcycle scene uh, is actually, awesome. Same here.
0: I like I, it I, too.
1: I think the uh, there's a there's a motorcycle action scene where he's like on top of a guy, and then a car hits him while he's like. It's it's super rad, and then the last sequence I think is is really kind of you know a, a cool superhero multi tiered sequence on a couple of uh, external um, elevators. That's pretty nice with a guy with a exoskeleton on. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty fun. I am very disappointed that this movie didn't have the courage of its conviction to just have him die at the end. I thought that would have been really cool if he had just been like. Everything you hear about him up to the, this point is that the reason they picked this dude is because he's willing to die for his convictions. Uh, Guy Pierce keeps saying over and over, look, it's amazing. He's like willing to completely die for what he believes, for revenge, right? And then he gets in that situation where he's like, um, you don't have any nanites in you anymore. You're screwed. And he's like, all you have is, you know. Gary whatever his name is uh and he's like yeah but that's enough and he pulls the pin on the on the grenade willing to sacrifice himself. I thought it would have been I would have given this movie so many props if they had just left it like oh maybe he's dead but no of course he's we got to put him back together perfectly and have that stupid like Fast and the Furious ending um which is a total cop out and lame and makes me like the movie less but it could have been a really amazing ending. Uh, which I, and I thought it was a clever, clever writing of the ending of like he's just walking forward and saying screw it, I, w- I will die to end you. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's lots, lots to not like. I and mean, but I do think the movie is saying, look at how, the, you know, it's talking about the era of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone and saying that that is completely outdated, and that's just. We can use that to manipulate people. You want to have a power fantasy? That's what Guy Pierce uses is a fucking power fantasy to manipulate toxic masculinity dudes into doing stupid
0: shit. And I thought the movie – I thought that was kind of clever. It it is kind of clever, but at the same time, uh, I mean, it it worked though is the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like – yeah, it,
1: the, it, the movie it certainly it wants to have its cake and eat it too. <laughs> yeah,
0: because it wasn't like it wasn't like Vin Diesel eventually realized, like, hey, you know what? I should stop murdering dudes for revenge because of, of this whatever. It, it, he realized he's being deceived. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like well, that's, that's. But
1: that's that is where I think if this if uh, one of the things I don't like about this movie is that I think the movie if it wished I wish it had the courage of its convictions. I wish that it was not trying to set up a franchise of superhero movies and could have literally just cast a different actor who probably would have been more okay with not being the hero, you know, and just let let it be what it kind of wanted to be, uh, I think it would have been much better. And again, not a great movie. I'm not saying it's a great movie. I just don't think it's, it's garbage. Yeah,
0: as, as, as bad as, yeah. Uh, you know what a movie this reminded me of, actually, is uh, Matrix Reloaded. Uh, yes. A couple of scenes from this movie. There's this uh, the motorcycle scene. Yeah. Patrick, I know there, Matrix Reloaded. There's so reloaded. Much slander going on right now. Well, it's just the, the motorcycle yeah. <laughs> scene. It looks it, in concept and execution very yes. similar to the Matrix Reloaded. motorcycle It looks very scene. similar, but I mean, I, I don't it necessarily feel like, like a compliment. callback to it. I don't yeah. necessarily to say that, because some of the effects in Matrix Reloaded are pretty dated. Um, also, the final sequence when Vin Diesel and that other guy who, I don't even know what his name is, they're fighting each other in the elevator shaft. Yeah, That yeah. looked like it was straight out of the burly brawl in Matrix Reloaded. All the human CG yeah. in this movie yeah. is pretty rough. Is, is also, pretty uh, you know, I
3: do
1: yeah. hate the way Hollywood visualizes nanites, man. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. And the, this movie is all nanites all the time. And there's a couple of moments that are super cool, but... We have to be able to, uh, just as, a, as an, an imaginative industry, come up with a way to visualize nanites that just
0: isn't so dumb.
3: So, you know what's really going to get your goat, Jeff? Uh, I, I like the nanites. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Patrick, uh, I think this is something that Jeff Kanata has been uh, beating the drum on on this podcast for a while. Is like the idea that, like, for instance, Iron Man movies... Got mm-hmm. the visual effects got really crappy when they started using nanites, right? Before, it was very clearly a combination of Robert Downey Jr. or his stunt double wearing an actual suit augmented with some CG. I mean, if you see the behind the scenes, that's what it looks like. Oh, and yeah. then it's just like nanites. I mean, now it's just like whatever. They don't need to, you know, the, yeah. it could be nothing physical. Nobody needs suits. Yeah, nobody, nobody needs, needs suits, suits at, at all. all they, just, they, just, yeah. they just press a button and now they're surrounded by suits now. Um yeah the, the the Iron Man nanotech
2: suit is nowhere near as cool as like the original yeah. one that feels so tactile like when when you see the the robots like putting yes, all the pieces much on better. it's it's so much better so i i do have to say sort of like jumping off of the just like talking about the nanites and also that uh the the reference to the burly brawl um totally ties into <laughs> what I was saying about how this feels like a throwback to like early two thousands <laughs> superhero yeah. movies, yeah. because it's yeah. like the action is shot the same kind of way. Um, especially that, uh, that elevator fight. But, um, so I, I was looking up the, uh, just the, the resume of the director. Uh, this is his first film, but, uh, but before this, like he was most of his, uh, his body of work is directing, um, cinematics for video Mm. games. Uh, And, like, he worked at Blur Studios, which is Tim Miller's, uh, like, effect studio, you know, who, like, made Deadpool and stuff like that. Very well regarded. And, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. uh, Blur Studios has made, like, a lot of really cool stuff. And I was actually a bit surprised that the movie wasn't more stylish. Because coming from the world of, like, video game cinematic cutscenes, you know... That's where you have all. They have like the the fanciest lighting. They'll use. They'll have these like impossible camera moves with
1: these like really long. I feel shots. Like that last uh, that last and, fight um, was kind of like that. Yeah, that last fight. It reminded, the last
0: fight feels like that was what it was. It reminded you know, it was, me a lot of uh, it, that,
1: the new God of War from last year or two years ago. Yep. Yeah. yeah
2: yep. It, it It was a little bit like that, and and there would be occasionally be those moments where you could sense that like like oh this is why he decided to do this movie like uh you know the the slow-mo, speed-ramping, flower uh, fight scene and stuff like that. Um, but And also, the budget was only $45 million uh, for this movie, which is low by the standards of these kinds yeah, I'm sure of movies. i sure Vin got half I think half you could that. tell,
3: like, yeah. I, I also <laughs> think you could tell, like, oh, this movie cast, um, maybe, like, the the cast list in IMDb is super short. It's like, they, they had to save on catering. Like, you know, you start to feel like how constrained this movie is. This director, by the way, did a, a pretty good episode of Love, Death and Robots. Uh, he did the Sonny's Edge one. So that was a series I've talked about. That was the uh, the Fincher collaboration, I believe, of like weird futuristic stuff. It is funny coming from that, which I think was a cool look at like a futuristic fight club of like giant monsters, I think, uh, to this, which doesn't have any of that creativity. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I mean it is interesting and like I I agree with what everyone has said about like us, especially like everything that Jeff praised about it. I mostly agree with. I I think there's a lot of cool ideas and what it's aiming for is is really interesting. Uh, and I've just been trying to figure out like what's a better way to execute it because like mm-hmm. for instance they introduce you to like these uh, the other enhanced people that they have at this organization you know, the the guy with like the uh the robot legs. Magic the legs. guy with the robot eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um and and then of course for like the final action scene, the uh the robot legs guy puts on <laughs> this like very anime looking like <laughs> mech suit. Yeah. And but I was wondering like
3: do those people do missions? <laughs> that, that, that's because... what I'm saying. What what is this organization? What do what do <laughs> right, they like, do? Like, What's it, the point? of any of this it seems well, yeah.
2: when it's beginning when it, when they first wake him up it totally seems like the way it's going yes. is they're, they're gonna have a team mm-hmm. and he'll be on this team and they'll do missions together and then uh, and like we'll see them in action before he inevitably has to fight them but then they just really just seem to hang around doing like office work, and the whole business model is just like, oh, just make Vin Diesel well, get revenge. Yeah,
3: that, that's that's really it. I, it's one of the things that I think is really funny is like it just seems like they haven't thought too much about these other characters and who they are and what they do. Like the the guy who is blind has cameras on his on his, on his, chest. his
0: like clavicle, which is like why what?
3: are the, it's on his <laughs> chest? It's like on his chest. It's like um, you think that guy may want. Cameras near his no, haven't you eyes. You always wanted to because look at people's he's... noses. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's used to. It's it's just things like here, that. Here, I, was like, I a, guess here, that's here, cool. Here's I the question. Know. You
0: know, you know that question. That's like, why don't they just make the entire plane out of the material that the black black box is <laughs> made of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, first yeah. first of all, you can't do that because otherwise the plane wouldn't fly. But I think it's a useful question because why don't they just make all the other guys in this movie? The same thing that, like, why don't they just make those people well, like they make Vin Diesel? Well, you know,
3: the storyline, the storyline, the, story the one bit of plot I I like retained from this movie is that Vin Diesel is the first yes. that they managed to this bring this back is in this the, way.
1: This is, I can answer all these questions for you. Yes, guys. I, yes. I hate oh, to be, boy. I'm not again. I defending <laughs> you are a movie. the compendium
0: of knowledge. I'm not defending a movie religion. I don't
1: love, but I will tell you that it seemed pretty clear to me that <laughs> the idea is they are a company that. Is, is is an offshoot of a much larger group of people that that were inventing this thing. Guy Pierce decided, "Hey, I want it all for myself, and so I need to kill all of my collaborators." So, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to put this new tech that maybe these collaborators weren't 100% on board with, didn't think I could finish, <laughs> didn't did, thought it was too risky or too scary. I'm going to use it in this experimental thing with this with this dude who has nothing to live for. Uh, I'm going to put it in him. And use him to go and kill all of them so I have the sole ability to sell this tech, and no one mm. will tell me that it's that it's crazy or nuts or know anything about how I did it, or I, I'm the, you know, copyright holder, <laughs> whatever, the patent holder.
3: I feel like you're filling in some blanks <laughs> no, he here. No, I, so, uh... I think this is in the movie. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah. this is in the movie. And yeah. so
1: this he put together a team because they didn't know exactly how volatile or what it would do to this guy. He's got this team of other dudes that his co-collaborators all helped build. And they were doing this thing where they were kind of doing a benevolent thing for the world. Yes, it was, it was military, militaristic, but it was actually helping these wounded warriors, you know, fixing them. They were making prosthetic arms and legs and all these things. And then they were, they said, Nope, we're not going to do the full body deal and so this is the team that is specifically there to take down Vin Diesel if he goes rogue, which is why the leg guy goes, hey, oh, isn't it awesome we finally get to use all this stuff? Because they've been sitting mm. around not killing Vin Diesel when their entire purpose was to kill Vin Diesel should the need arise.
0: All right. Patrick Willems, what do you think of that? I mean, I think you, you did a pretty great job of summarizing it. Arguably a better job than the movie. Patrick Willems, what do you think of that? Uh, are you Are you satisfied now? uh
2: sort of i mean i uh, i will agree a, a, a lot of that is there in the movie um it i think i was just thrown off by the fact that this seemed like a very stable organization and i did not understand what else they They were did. on the
0: knife's edge um, of uh, financial insolvency i think is what we're uh, yeah. what Jeff. what was city
2: saying. are they in yeah i uh, um i did we ever know yeah like we know that he flies to like London and uh and and Budapest but i never n- got a, a sense of like where their base was here's
0: here's what my fundamental problem with the movie is though, jeff and maybe i don't know if you have a comeback for this one but i just think it's a bad idea to make somebody invincible and then <laughs> make your entire business model mo modus operandi uh Tricking that person into murdering people in as violent a way as possible.
3: Well, yeah, these are while saying out loud. Not expect that to backfire you by the way, horribly. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they said out loud several times, like, man, revenge is a pretty great uh, motivator. We should take note of this. This could be important yeah, for that, our that, future That's never going to blow back on us in any yeah. way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know what anyway. also is dumb is is, is to uh, <laughs> listen to three witches and think that you can get away from their curse and still, you know, you know advance on Dunkirk you know, it's like I'm not uh, you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm using Mac- yeah, Macbeth. No, Vin, what
0: you're saying is this is the Macbeth of I, Vin exactly. Vin <laughs> exactly the Macbeth of, of <laughs> Vin I'm saying it is
1: yeah, that's, that's, what these, that's what villains do they do dumb shit that it is you know I'm not defending the movie uh, maybe they could have better justified it but it's like for you to say like hey it's a bad idea to uh, you know it's like yeah it's yeah. a bad idea What's to collect all the infinity stones into a gauntlet too it's like yeah yeah <laughs>
3: But here here's the difference right we talked about and I forget where you stood on uh triple X three Jeff but uh, I believe Dave and I uh praised that movie to high a great, <laughs> a great film a great cl- film a modern classic that movie is dumb as hell knows what it is and like really leans into that in a way like I, I think that movie's enjoyable the action is really fun and interesting. Like there, that movie has so much going on. That is, you know, the last. Uh, oh man, then that that movie hit theaters right as Trump was being inaugurated. That's that's what I remember. Uh, that movie happened a decade ago, apparently. But you can have these sloppy movies and have fun with it. And I think this movie just doesn't. It certainly doesn't have fun with it. It barely has a sense of humor aside from like, uh, pretend, Like uh, I guess that one Indian guy has a small penis. That's the joke <laughs> Terrible! In the movie. It was I, I terrible. I don't know what else is going on. I'm not going to defend any of that. It's terrible. <laughs> there are
1: things I hate about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: all right. Well, I think that is going to... I think we've talked way more about this movie than it deserves. But...
3: Yes. Guys,
2: we oh. haven't
0: talked at all about Lamorne
2: Morris's performance. I mentioned which I it. I thought was a highlight of I the film. I
3: mentioned it. Yeah. And why does he have a British accent? I don't know.
2: But... It's he, fun. It reminded me of Don Cheadle in the ocean. He seems movies. to be the only
0: person enjoying himself in this film. Yes, you know? yes. And so that is yes. No. yes.
2: Yeah. He's he's having fun. I think he's bringing a great energy to the movie. I uh, wish there was more of him. Um, I, I, I think maybe maybe <laughs> uh, a better version of this could have just had him as part of the main team from yeah, the beginning. Yes, yeah.
3: yes. Uh, he, but yeah, I, I I thought he was cool. He has the energy of like I am a sitcom guy. <laughs> and I'm in this big Vin Diesel action movie. I'm gonna make the most of it. So he's hungry, and I can tell
2: exactly. Yeah, I, and also I, I I will say I I do actually I like the scene when Vin Diesel goes to the woman he thinks yes. is his wife.
3: Yes, heartbreak and um, heartbreak emotion. I thought, like,
2: yeah, th- there was some like genuine like drama there. Uh, and I also I was glad to have it confirmed that they did not really kill off
3: mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. wife.
2: Um, But yeah, but like, there you at, like, we got more of like, like, a better sense of who that character is and and more actual like emotion yeah. there than in the rest uh, of the There movie. is
0: this, uh, uh, so that character is played by Tallulah Riley, who uh, you might have also seen in Westworld. Uh, she's also Elon Musk's ex-wife. And uh, I... Really thought that scene did a great job of conveying this sense of danger, you know, that she found herself in after, like, can you imagine if Vin Diesel showed up at your doorstep and thought (laughs) he was your husband? Do you know what I mean? Like, you would feel like you were not in a great situation at that that point. And and there is this kind of, like, tension there. Of what is this man gonna do and is he like a danger to myself or others? Right. Yeah, it cuts to her um, feet and she's just like backs up. Yeah, half I, a I, step. I love the cut to her feet. Yeah. You know, that was a great cut. Yeah. So yeah, great, great, uh, great call out, Patrick. Anyway. Uh all right. So I think we'll wrap it up there, but overall a mixed bag. Uh Jeff and I thought it was pretty fun. Uh maybe Patrick did a little bit, Davindra certainly did not. But you can now own Bloodshot for twenty dollars if you choose, we own it forever, <laughs> all of us. Forever. All of us. We're all united. We're bloodshot brothers, guys. <laughs> We're bloodshot yeah. brothers. Uh. Yep. All right. We'll never forget this one moment. (laughs) We'll always have Bloodshot. (laughs) Uh, You can find more episodes of... We don't know. David, we will. Because we bought it. And we own it forever. He's right, David. He's right. I've already forgotten it. You can find more episodes of this podcast at slashfilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker Kyle Hillinger. Our theme song comes from adamwarrock.com. And this episode was edited by Beatty Zhang. Stay tuned to hear what we'll be discussing next week. Until then... Patrick Willems, where can people find more of your work on the internet?
2: Um, It is uh, all over at youtube.com slash Patrick H. Willems. There's long videos
0: where I talk about movies. Yeah, Um, recently did a video on The Mask of Zorro, which is a kick-ass movie, and a great video as well. And Patrick and I did a commentary uh, on that video, uh, which is itself a commentary on The Mask of Zorro, uh, over at his secondary channel, Patrick Willems Presents. So uh, be sure to check both of those videos out if you have a chance. Devendra Hardwar, how about you?
3: Oh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Devendra. I write about tech at com, and uh, I also co-host the Engadget podcast. I also did a lot of coverage around Half-Life Alex this week, so go check out my review, my video review, and we talked about that on the podcast. That's an amazing movie. really uses
0: VR in interesting uh, ways. Uh, Devendra and I, game, video I game, agree yeah. on that one, for sure. It's incredible. <laughs> yes. How about you, Jeff Canata? Uh
1: You can find me on Twitter at Jeff Cannata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. I do a video game podcast called DLC that you can find at 5 x 5tv slash DLC. In fact, I think Dave Chen's going to be our guest next week.
0: That is the Wee! case, yeah. Uh,
1: and um, I also do a long-form Dungeons & Dragons show called The Dungeon Run, and we're doing new episodes. We figured out a way. The show has been... Shot like a television show up to this point for the 39 episodes that we've done so far. But we're in a new paradigm now. So we're doing the show from home. Uh, the production team has done an incredible job of putting the show together. And we did our first episode of a new story using the same characters. It's kind of filling in backstory stuff. It went so great. Uh, last night, we, we or two nights ago, we did it. Um And uh, it's on YouTube now if you want to check it out. It's a great jumping on point. If you're curious about the show, you don't have to worry about watching all 39 episodes to understand what's going on because it's brand new. Time travel is involved. It's really fun. So check that out. Uh, You can find it on YouTube by searching for The Dungeon Run. You can listen to it as an audio podcast by searching for The Dungeon Run wherever you get podcasts. Or you can listen to us live, watch us live, and actually influence the show Wednesday nights, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, at caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run.
0: And check out the podcast I do called Culturally Relevant. You can find it at culturallyrelevantshow.com. It's interviews with filmmakers, artists, and writers, as well as reflections from me on what's happening in the world. Next week, we'll be reviewing Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is uh, available right now on Hulu. As of today, so check it out on Hulu. The movie's Portrait of Lady on Fire. It made both Davindra and I's top ten lists of 2019. Patrick Williams, you seen Portrait of yeah. Lady on Fire yet? Uh yes, you, yes. Made my
2: own top fan? ten list. Great. I mean, it's no bloodshot, but uh, but
0: you really drew the short straw when it came to uh, which slash filmcast episode to appear on. I think is uh, you got the bloodshot episode, not the Portrait of the Lady on Fire episode. So Th- uh, that
2: said, I mean. <laughs> Uh, Portrait of Lady on Fire is a, is. there's so much there, and there's so much to like. I don't know if I feel qualified to really speak at length about Uh-oh. that movie. I feel pretty
0: qualified to talk <laughs> that about that That doesn't bode shot. well
1: for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Indeed. Well, we will try to make Good it luck, work guys. next week on the Slash Filmcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.
1: We watched the movie.